us worship him this morning. Do you remember the day that Jesus brought you out from where you're from? Let's worship and praise him for that this morning. Some fun. 
clap of praise this morning. That's what we want in our lives is the Holy Spirit of God to rain down in our lives and in our hearts. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Again, we greatly appreciate you being here with us today. Appreciate those that's joined us on live feed. Uh, many are not able to be here uh, due to sickness, things of that nature. So we want to uh, continue to be praying for them. Continue to pray that God will touch their hearts and their lives, give them encouragement. Uh, some was going to go on Friday and get tested again and just uh, things didn't happen. Things, you know, took place. They're not going to be able to go. Some's going today. Some's going tomorrow. Uh, so I don't know about you. I want us to all be saved. I want us to be healthy. But I'll be so glad when everybody is back under the house of God. Amen. Under one roof. Amen. I'm delighted to be able to have our live feed. I'm thankful for that. But I'm just ready for everybody to be back under one roof together again. Amen? Amen. I want you to know, we was counting it the other day and looking through and uh, postcards is being sent out. We have everybody under one roof. We might, Brother Kevin, have to bring out some chairs. Coosa Valley has grown and has flourished and I'm so happy of what God has been doing. Amen? Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Actually, since, the, since Pentecost Sunday, 
uh, we have been talking about keeping the blessings from God. Amen? God gave us blessings and God gave us assurances and we need to keep those blessings. Those need to be a part of our lives. Amen? They need to be a part of our lives and we need to, God's given them to us, we need to keep them. Amen? If I gave you something, don't you want to keep it? If I gave anybody in here as a show of hands, if I gave you a $100 bill, how many is going to throw it in the trash? I want to see that person right now. Because you got some explaining to do, Lucy. <laughs> We're going to all keep it, right? If God gives us something, why don't we keep the blessings that God's given us? Now, I want to go ahead and give you, give you a little tidbit of information right here. I know, and I'm not going to call anybody's names because I know every one of you going to know some of the ones I'm talking about. I know that there are televangelists and there are uh, TV spokespersonalities, however you want to word that, I'm going to be careful about it, that they'll tell you, they'll quote the scriptures and they say the blessings of God is yes and amen. I believe that is scripture. Do you believe that? They also will start into the name it, claim it, frame it routine. Okay, let me tell you straight up, we are not name it, claim it, frame it. I do, however, believe that the Bible tells me that I can speak things that are not as though they are when it conforms to the Word of God and the will of God. Amen? How many in here has got lost loved ones? How many in here wants them saved? How many are praying that God is saving them? You know why? Because I believe that God is going to answer our prayers. But how many also believes that God gave every person a, a free will? Amen. Now this morning I could have come and spoke on many topics. We could have talked about Spiritual prisons, prisms, or anything else of that nature. There's many things that we could have talked about when it comes to the Word of God. But I wanted to stay in line with where we've been at as far as keeping the blessings of God. One of the biggest areas that we started talking about last Sunday was the lies that the devil tells us. How many believes that the devil tries to tell you lies every day? The question is, are you believing those lies and are you allowing that lie to take hold and root in your life? Remember last Sunday I started it off and I said something about how many, how many would have ever believed that you'd come to church and the pastor would say, I'm going to tell you a bunch of lies today. That's how I started last Sunday. You don't believe me? Go back and watch live feed. I'm telling you, the lies that the devil tells us, you're not worthy. Nobody likes you. Nobody loves you. You are worthless. All lies. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Amen? I am, I am victorious. I'm not defeated. I'm the head, not the tail. I am triumphant. Ended last Sunday along the note of the matter of finances. Not one person in here could tell me 
that you do not want God to bless your finances. If that is you, raise your hand. I do not want God to bless my finances. Raise your hand. Because if that's you, I was going to ask you to leave. I'm kidding. I was going to knock you in the head. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to bless us in many, many areas. And we're going to talk about several over the next couple of weeks. But one of the areas God wants to bless us is in our finances. Now, look. I don't know about you, but finances is a very, very important part of my life. You know how I know? You know why? I don't know about you, but you know, power bill has to be paid. Does yours have to be paid? I don't know about you, but I like groceries in the cabinet. Hello? Every once in a while, I like to go out to eat. You know what it takes for that? Finances. So this is one area that a lot of times people just, oh, we got to stay away from that. We don't talk about that. There's a lot of pastor friends of mine that will not even speak or preach on finances because they don't want the church to say, oh, I'm poor and I don't need it. I, I got, I, I, I'm just, I, I, my cabinets are bare and, and I don't need, no, my cabinets are full. God has blessed me and my family because we've allowed God to be first in our finances. I've had people in the church world to come to me and tell me that every time the pastor preaches on finances, it's because they got a big building project or something that they're wanting to spend money on. Well, you know what? Let me go ahead and enlighten you. Yes, that's the case. But I'm going to tell you something where I'm different than some than maybe somebody else, is I want us to continue to bless in areas of missions. Does anybody, anybody with me? Come on. I don't know about you, but I, we need finances to make sure the power... Brother Andy, are we broke? No. God has blessed our finances because we have said God has got to be first. Come on. Is everybody with me? Y'all have got to talk to me. I'll, I'll be, we'll be here at 1 o'clock. What we've got to understand is simply this. I need God first in my finances. Let me tell y'all a little bit of a, let me tell you a little bit of a financial blessing that somebody in this church has had. Facing huge financial problems. This family has given over and abundant to God. In many areas, not just in the church, but in many areas, not just in finances, but in their time and efforts, they've given to the church and back to God. Amen? Just this week, they're facing over the last, over the last month or so, facing a desperate financial issue. Need God to move. When I say desperately, I'm talking Desperately. Has anybody ever been there? Do you know what this family received? This week, a financial blessing in the tune of a little over $900 a month. That's a God thing. Hello? How many would tell God, don't do that? If you're going to tell God, don't do that. Tell him just to throw it all over this direction, okay? 
I'll take it if you don't want it. But here's what we've got to understand. God wants to bless. God wants us to... Brother Andy, are you just really going to talk on tithing and offering? Nope. I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to hammer that, top, that thought process. But I am going to show you something. We need, as a church body, as a family of God, we need financial freedom. And that's part of the blessings of God. Amen? Every one of us have, are facing, everyone, I ain't, you ain't got to raise your hand. Every one of us is facing financial things in our lives. That if we could just this, then this would clear this up and this would move. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Come on. We can have financial freedom in God. Does it happen overnight? No. But it can happen. Let me show you something. Now, this is, y'all, these slides, this is the first time I've ever done this. So if there's anything wrong, don't throw nothing at me, okay? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money. Everybody uses that part, but they don't look at the rest of it. Be content with what you have. Because guess what you've got that the rest of the world ain't got? If you're saved, you've got God. Hello? I can have financial freedom because I am content with what I've got. Why? Because I know that I've got everything I need. Why? Because God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Give me Jesus. Take everything else. But give me Jesus. When you put God first in every area, finances is part of that church. Now let's look on. True financial freedom is being content with what you've got because that's what God gave you. Hello? What you've got, you did not work for. Boy, I just blew somebody's mind. What you've got, you did not work for. You did not achieve it on your own. What you have, God gave it to you. Hello? Job said what? God gave and God can take it away. You put that thing before God, God can remove that thing. Come on now. You've got that condo in Florida. Woo, I got this thing. I worked hard for it. I achieved it on my own. No, you didn't. God gave that to you and God gave it and God can take it away. You put that thing before God and God can remove it. But then are you saying thing that way on purpose? Yep. I got to make sure everybody's hearing me. You've got to make sure that you're content with what God give, has given to you. So in that aspect, I want to look at a couple of things this morning. It's going to be a little bit different. I think there are myths that people will attribute to the Bible and to God that ain't there. 
So I want to extinguish them. I want to cut them out. I want to destroy them. I want to get rid of these myths because we cannot have a relationship with God built on a lie. Come on. You go into a marriage and there is a lie and there is a thing hidden from your spouse. Boy, that's a rough start. Come on. We can keep the blessings of God because we've got a relationship, not religion. Amen? So we want to get rid of some myths. First of all, the first myth is concerning finance. The word finance means this. Finance is a system of money management that includes banking, circulation, credit, investments, economics, and accounting. That's what finance is. So what's the myth? The myth is, if you live a godly life, if you live a Christian life, you will experience financial gain and prosperity. That is a myth. Man, that's why I got saved. Boy, you got saved for the wrong reasons. That is a myth. What the truth is, oh, but Brother Andy, you got scriptures to back this up. Does anybody think I got scriptures to back this up? If anybody's read the outline, you know I got scriptures to back this up. There's a lot of scriptures on here. I encourage you to go back, go to the website. I encourage you to look at this outline. There's a lot of scriptures on here. Take notes. Come on now. I need y'all to. I want our church to get financial freedom. I want our church family to have financial freedom. Do you want financial freedom? Three of you do. Great. I'm going to preach to you three. Let's take a look. The myth is you live a godly Christian life, you're going to experience financial gain and prosperity. The truth of the matter is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. The truth is, according to the word of God, godliness is not a means to financial gain. The Bible calls this... False doctrine has been taught by teachers and preachers and pastors. If you hear a minister, a preacher, a pastor, a Sunday school teacher teach financial prosperity just because you're a Christian, that does not line up with the Word of God. Some of you are thinking about somebody on TV evangelist right now. Do not call him up and tell him. Yeah, matter of fact, go. You know. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 through 5 says this. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teachings that accords with godliness, he is puffed up under his own conceit and understands Jack Doodlem's squat. That's the DAL version. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy, arguing, fighting, quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, and evil suspicions. He has 
constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth. Imagining that godliness, y'all hear this? Is everybody with me? Godliness is a means of gain. That is not, godliness as a means of gain is not scripture. Godliness is not, the scripture's telling us this. Y'all hearing me? Why? Because the Bible tells us you can take this whole world, throw it in the dumpster, but give me what? Give me who? Give me who? You take everything of this world that this world has to offer. All the wealth and money, all the mansions, everything this world has got. You can take it all away, but give me Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. If you're depending on your relationship with God to make you a millionaire, you are in the wrong boat. God is going to give you your needs. He's going to take care of you as a child of God. Brother Andy, I thought you was going to tell us something about getting wealthy. Hang on. I'm going to tell you about getting wealthy in the spiritual sense. If you're looking for wealth in this world, you're looking in the wrong place. Now we're going to talk about the wealth of this world in just a second. But what we've got to understand, if that's what you're focused on, you're focused on the wrong thing. Let's go on. The next thing. There's a, there's, a, there's a false, there's a myth about money. There's a myth about money. Now, the definition of money is any means of exchange to include coins, paper, circulating in the culture issued by a civil authority as a means of value. Money has been issued by a civil authority as a means to measure value. The myth is money is the root of all evil. Has anybody ever heard that? Has anybody ever said it saying it's true? Don't raise your hand. The myth is money is the root of all evil. However, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10 Tells us money can be used for great good. How many knows that money paid the power bill today? How many knows that? How many of you? Don't don't answer this. How many of you fix to go out to eat for lunch? How many knows that money's going to pay that that lunch bill? Money can be a means of good. Amen. Amen. However. According to the Bible, the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all evil. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving, the craving of money. I don't crave money. I crave Debbie cakes. It is through the craving of money that some have wandered away from the faith. Let me tell you, church, there are many church leaders. There are many 
pastors and preachers and evangelists that they have, look, I've heard this with my own two ears. They have told me, I want to be a pastor because I can make money. I have heard so many people that says I can get into church ministry whether it be singing, song, preaching the word of God because I can make money. When you are craving that you have wandered away from the faith. Amen? Brother Andy, do we pay you a salary? Yes, you do. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. This is going to shock you, I think. It's going to shock at least three of you in here. I am not dependent on this body for my paycheck. I am not dependent on Emory Davis to write that paycheck. Yeah, well, yeah, I am dependent on him to write the paycheck. I am not dependent on him to fund that for my paycheck. He might write it. He ain't funding it. This body, Brother Kevin, is not funding it. God is Funding it. When you go on your job, guess what? God gave you that job. God gave you that paycheck. It's time to take care of what God gave you. Boy, I sure did get ahead there on myself, but hang on now. You need to understand, when you're craving just money, you're starting to wander from the faith. Let's go on. Steward. There's a myth about steward. Steward is a trustee or a guardian, an overseer who manages property or financial affairs of someone else. You are a steward of what God has given to you. You can, you can take your phone right now and you can open up your bank account and you can look at that dollar amount that is not yours. Hello? Hello? God has allowed you to be a steward of what's in your account. Come on. Boy, this is going to be quiet today, ain't it? All money, all possessions, everything you've got belongs to God. How about being a good steward of what God's given to you? That job you got has been given to you by God. Quit being lazy on the... Never mind, I better go on. Brother Andy, that ain't scripture. Psalms chapter 24 and verse 1. The earth is God's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwells in, that belongs to God. That, that automobile you drove up in belongs to God. Take care of it. That body you're walking around in belongs to God. Take care of it. That house you live in belongs to my God in heaven above. Let's go on. i got to get to this. The myth. Oh, I don't want anybody to raise your hand if you've said this. Do not raise your hand if you said this. Oh, please, I'm going to take my glasses off just in case somebody does. The myth is, oh, if I just had another dollar. Ooh, if I just had enough money, I'd be satisfied. Oh, if I could just get ten more. Boy, if they'd just give me a dollar raise at work. Woo, that'd take care of everything. That's a myth. Hello? The truth of the matter, is anybody getting anything out of this? I just need to go home. I mean, one more. 
I hope, maybe, maybe live feed is getting this. Maybe live feed is getting this. The truth of the matter is this. Satisfaction with your financial situation does not come with your bank account balance, but it comes, satisfaction in your financial situation does not come with your bank account balance, but it comes with wise management of what you have. If you can't afford it, do not buy it. Woo! That was good. Quit trying to keep up with the Joneses. Brother Andy, that is not scripture. Matthew chapter 25 and 20. Every time you say it, I'm going to throw a scripture. Matthew 25 and 23. This is talking about, look, watch this. His master said to him, look, look. His master said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over the $10 that I gave to you. I'm fixing to give you a raise. You're fixing to have a thousand. Come on now. You've been faithful over a little. I'm going to give you a whole lot more. How many want, look, how many want more of God? My God in heaven above, watch this. Last myth has to do with debt. I am not asking if anybody has indebtedness. Last myth has to do with debtness. Debt is a condition of owing something to somebody else. The debtor, the one who owes another, is under... Look, I really wish that... If you're looking at the outline on your phone, take your black permanent marker and underline that word. I'm kidding. I'm Don't do that. You'll have that marker on your phone the whole time. Is under obligation to pay the debt. Do y'all, do y'all read this? Do y'all hear this? Live feed, you see that over there? Let's go on. Let's look at this. Let's look at the, let's look at what the myth is. The myth, y'all, I, I do, I do financial, um, I don't want to use the word counseling. I, I help, I have finance management background and I help some people with their budgets. And I've had people to tell me this statement. And I cringe on this statement. You must borrow money and pay it back in order to prove financial responsibility and to establish good credit references. Now, you've got to have good credit in order to buy something. How many ever tried to go buy? We're talking secular here, okay? How many ever tried to go buy something? You didn't have a lick of credit and you went to try to buy something. What did they look at, t- look at you and tell you? I ain't got no credit. I ain't loaning you no money. You got to build your credit up. We're talking secular, okay? But watch this. I'm going to give you, now I'm going to give you something spiritual. The truth of the matter is, borrowing and paying is not always necessary to get credit. Some lenders are more than anxious to extend credit. You may have to have a cosigner in relation to your script and in relation to your credit score. But this is why. They're anxious to give you. Why? Because they want to collect the inflated interest rates. But the Bible says, Proverbs 22 and 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. 
I have a mortgage on a house in Anniston. I have an obligation to pay that mortgage. I have somebody living in that house that they have an obligation to pay that, pay that to me, that rent, that lease to me. Well, guess what? If they don't pay, what has to happen? I still got to pay. Now, now that, we've, now that we've dispelled some myths, I know this is going to be different. Y'all, come on now. Help me out. Now that we've dispelled four myths, I want to look at a couple of things. I want to look at God's purpose of money and the world's purpose of money. The world's purpose of money versus God's purpose for money. So let's look at this. First of all, the world's purpose for money is to get what you want. The world's purpose for money is to get what you want. Some people believe they can pay their way into heaven. God's purpose is to give us what we need. God's purpose is to give us what we need. Not necessarily all of our wants. I need transportation. I want a Ferrari. My need and my want may almost co... I don't want a Ferrari. That was always my example with Ronnie. He was always telling me this red Ferrari he wants. He soup this thing up. Most of you remember who Ronnie is, don't you? Man, he'd soup this thing up. But Stan, he sat right there where y'all sitting at. And I'd look over at him and he, he'd suit, man, he'd tell, oh. I'd have to drive him back and forth to Birmingham and he'd tell me about this monster truck and about all this other stuff, he, these smart cars. That drive. He'd get these magazines and he'd, all these, and then he'd say, I got to buy me one of them. I said, yeah, you need transportation. You're wanting way above your need. Now we're going to buy what you can get. He said, <laughs> Why? Because God's purpose of money is to give us what we need. Take a look at Scripture. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and 31 says, Do not be anxious and saying, What we're going to eat, where we're going to lunch. Where, I wish he'd hush his mouth so we'd get there before the Baptist, get all the food. What shall we drink? What we're going to wear. I wish I could get better clothes than what I got. Boy, I sure do, boy, I sure do wish I wear a bunch of suits. And oh, Look, I'm going to tell you something. Most of my suits I've had for many, many years. There's a suit at the house that I, I guarantee you I've had that thing probably 12, 13, 14 years. It's still in good shape. I still wears it. I'm very proud. I'm getting my money out of that suit. And then some. Don't be anxious about the things that you've got that you think you've got to have. For the Gentiles seek after these things. But guess what? Your heavenly Father knows you need to eat. Knows you need clothes on your back. Knows that you've got to have these things. And guess what verse 33 says? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And the righteousness of God and all these things will be added unto you. God knows you need them. He's going to take care of it. Let's go and look at the next one. 
The world says you need money to live an independent life. In other words, you don't want to depend on anybody. Well, guess what? You got to depend on God. I don't know one person's going to depend on themselves for all their, all their paychecks. Oh, Brother Andy, I work for myself, so I'm dependent upon myself. No, you got to have money to buy gas to put in that automobile. Come on. You got to have money to buy all your supplies that you. How many owns their own business? You got to have money to do all that stuff, right? You are not dependent on yourself. You're dependent on somebody else so that you can purchase those items you need. How do you, how do you purchase it? The money God gave you. God's version of money is to live dependently on God. Brother Andy, that ain't scripture. Bam! Hebrews 13 and 5. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you got. Because God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. World's view of money is to exalt the power of money. Oh, I got money, I can buy myself into this. Oh, I got money, I can buy over here. Oh, I got, you, you, give me, you, you slide me a 20, I'll take care of this. You slide me a 100, I'll take care of this. It don't work that way. God's view of money is to exalt the power of God. Now let's look at the, that, that, that's the scripture, watch this. Psalms 20 and 7. Some trust in chariots, chariots, some trust in Cadillacs, some trust in BMWs, some trust in limos, some trust in horses, some trust in horsepower. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We need to quit dependent, being dependent on what money can buy and start being dependent on what God can take care of. Last one. Now that I'm through, last one, then I'm, then I'm ready to actually preach. I'm kidding y'all, come on. World's view is to build a personal kingdom. How many ever seen on TV and all these places where, they, where people, they, they've got money and it looks like that they got all the, all the happiness, all the, everything that money can afford. They can throw parties every night. They have the best that money can buy. They have built themselves a personal kingdom. That does not get them happiness. Most of you know that I've worked with, worked with a funeral home. for I've been funeral director for 18 years, going on 19. I cannot tell you how many suicides that I have handled through the funeral home. And the person had more money than I would ever know what to do with. Money does not buy happiness. Hello? But what God's purpose of money is, is to benefit the kingdom of God. Brother Andy, that's not in Scripture. I'm so glad somebody keeps saying that. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I think this morning during Sunday school, I kept saying 2 Corinthians. I knew that was somewhere. 
Every scripture. Did I not? The ones that was here in Sunday school. I kept Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. I knew it was somewhere. Here it is. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 3 through 5. For they gave according to their means. And I can testify. Beyond their means. Of their own accord. Some. Back up. Back up. Back up. Some gave according to their means. Some gave beyond their means. This is talking about giving and tithes and offerings. But any tithes and offerings ain't in the Bible, ain't in the New Testament. I should have threw that in as a myth. Verse 4. Begging us earnestly, for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but gave themselves first to the Lord and then the will of God to us. When we give to God first, God will take care of everything else. When you put God first in your finances, God will take care of everything else. Hello? You've got $1,000 every month to pay your bills and you give, you give $150 to God. Brother Andy, that's over 10%. And you give $150 to God, that, that means you've got what left? You got $1,000, you gave $150 to God, what you got left? $850. Oh my Jesus. Some of you in high school, y'all need to go back. Some of you in college need to go back. But guess what? God can take what you've got left and do a whole lot more than what you had in the beginning. Come on now. I know this for a fact. Let's go on. Now, talking about financial freedom, we've got to look at two laws. The first law is the law of stewardship. And we've talked about this just for a brief moment. I know what time it is. I'm going to get you out of here by 1 o'clock. Just hold on. I'm kidding, y'all. Come on. Some of you can afford to fast. I didn't say that. Matthew chapter 25 and 23. We've already read this scripture. Talks about being faithful over a small amount. And God's now going to put us over a larger amount. This is talking from the parable of the talents. God gave you something. You better use it for the kingdom of God. You better use it for the worthness of, worthiness of God. You better use it for what God wants you to use it for. Or God will take it away from you. Brother Andy, that's only talking about talents such as playing the piano. That's only in talents and singing. That must be what happened to me. Because I can't sing. Barely. But we need to understand something. When God gives you something, whether it be talent such as playing the piano, talent such as singing, or in the scripture, a talent as in finances, when God gives you that, thing, God wants you to be accountable to Him. Hello? 
God wants you to be accountable to Him. When you give finances into the church, the church is accountable to God. I got, I got three. When God gives man something, when God gives your family something, you are accountable to God. Some of you are cringing. You're just like, oh, I don't want to hear about all this. When you give something back to God as in putting it into the church, the church is accountable to God for what the church does with that. Come on now. Now take a look. Accountability tells us accountability is knowing exactly what comes in and exactly what goes out. Exactly where it's going. Exact knowing how to save regardless of your income. Did you know you can save money regardless of your income? You put $1 back, you're saving. You know what $1 does? $1 multiplies to 2. And $2 multiplies to what? 4. $4 multiplies to what? 8. Hello, it grows. Accountability knows is knowing how to put your money to work for you. Savings, investments, planning. Knowing how to plan for the future. Your retirement. Oh, Brother Andy, I'm dependent upon the retirement from heaven. I sure am too. But I'm going to tell you something. If I'm here during my retirement, I want to make sure I'm taken care of. Hello? I know some of you that on your job, there is no retirement account. And you are trying to find something to make sure you've got monies with retirement. Returning earnings to God is a commitment. Oh, we're getting in the touchy area now. Nobody likes talking about this returning money to God business. Let me tell you something. The more you give to God, I didn't say the church. The more you give to God, the more God's going to pour back into your life. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to use anybody in here as an example. I'm going to use myself as Sister Carrie. There's been many a times that I've sat down at the... I remember vividly, vividly, I remember about 12, 12 13 years ago, Vividly, it's happened since, but this is one that was very, 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 very obvious. I looked at the ending of a month and I said, this is the dollar amount that was brought in. This is what was in the checking account before we deposited this amount. This is the ending and that's a whole lot less than what we spent out. And we got a whole lot more left in the account. How... Y'all, I went, look, math is my thing. I know how to add and subtract. And I don't use common core. And my two and two always equals four. And I don't have to draw a box to figure it out. But you know what? I've never understood God's Math. I've never understood God's math. Do you know why? It's not for me to understand. Because where man does subtraction and division, God does multiplication and addition. Hello? 
$1,000 goes in, $1,200 goes out. Where should you be at? Negative two, but at the end of the day, and you're at $500 and you're trying to figure it out. You know what I've learned? Quit trying and put it to God's account and go on. But do you know what the one thing that me and Sister Carrie has never, ever, I did it when I was 16 years old. I learned my lesson. I've told y'all that story. I didn't pay my tithes because I wanted to take my girlfriend out to not just movie or not just dinner, but we was going to both. I used my tithe. Y'all, it was not Sister Carrie. I used my tithe for that, and guess what? Two tires go flat. Do you know how much it costed? Triple my tithe. Do you know what I never did again? I never did not pay my tithes and offerings. There was times me and Sister Carrie was trying to figure out where, how we was going to pay the power bill, the water bill, the gas bill, how we was going to get groceries. You know what the first check that was wrote? My tithe and my offering. Every week, without fail. And God honored that every time. Why? That verse right there. Because God wants to know, are you going to be faithful in what you got? The question that always comes up is, isn't tithe and offering just an Old Testament principle that does not apply to us today? I know we're, everybody's getting quiet. This is the time. Ooh, we don't like talking about this. Watch this. Most people assume that tithing and offering was only an Old Testament principle. However... The Old Testament taught 10%. The New Testament teaches 100%. You which one you want to go with? I want to go with 100%. Why? Because I know that if I give to God, God's going to give back to me. Hello? So, Brother Andy, do you write 100% back to God? No. But if God wants it, He can have it. I want to tell you something. There was, a, there was a revival service I went to. I had Sister Carrie write a $20 check. She wrote that check and the whole time she was writing it. She said, I don't know where in the world you think this money's coming from. Because we only got $20 in the account. I said, I know. I go back to the office and I'm finishing getting ready. I'm getting my Bible. I'm getting things together. And God said, hey, how about grabbing a $100 bill out of that can? We got a can. Y'all are not going to, Brandon, you're not going to find that can. We got a can that's got, can, don't, oh, don't even, do not let her go in my house. You know exactly who I'm, Brandon, right beside you, her. That's exactly who. We got a can. Every time, we'll throw cash in that thing. God told me, pull a $100 bill out of that thing. I took the lid off. Guess how much was in there? $100. I looked at God and I said, God, that's all we got. I just, you just had Carrie write a $20 check. I put it on God. I said, you just had her write a $20 check, and that's all we got in the checking account. And now you want me to pull $100 out of a can, and that's all we got. He said, the $20 is what you're giving. The $100 is what I'm getting. Okay. I go to the revival service. Empty gas tank on my car. Y'all, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I'm telling you this is how God works. I put that in the offering plate. And that church actually did something that we don't do. 
they actually took and they, they, they took the offering up and the two guys went straight back and there was a table back there and they continued playing. And I thought, what are we fixing to do? They must be fixing to sing another song. No, they was waiting. The two guys came right back up front and the pastor said, Brethren, how... Y'all remember what I put in. Does anybody remember what I put in the offering? $120, right? Y'all, does anybody remember that? Brethren, how much is in the offering? God blessed us today, pastor. Oh, good. How much is it? $140. I said, y'all didn't give me that offering plate. I need to count it next time. I sat there the whole, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I know I gave a hundred. They better not have pocketed that. God reminded me it wasn't mine to, give, mine to give, it was his. I said, yes, sir. Now the whole way home, I, remember I drove. I'm empty in the gas tank. And I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get back home. I got home just fine. Wasn't a problem. That E lied. It must have because I got all the way back home. Do you know it was in the mailbox the next day? A $278.54 check from the insurance company saying we had overpaid our premium. How many of your insurance companies do that? That didn't come from no insurance company. That came from God. Do you know what bill we had that next day? A $200 bill. God gave us $78.54 extra. I'm telling you, God will take care of you. Let's go on. I got to finish this thing. Y'all got to hear this. Jesus challenged the hypocritical attitudes of the Pharisees, but gave full endorsement to the principle of tithing. Look at Luke eleven forty-two. 42. Woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe on the mint and the rue and every herb, but you neglect the love and the justice of God. You need to do both and, love and show the love of God. The law of giving, real quickly. Y'all hang on to me. Would you? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We don't normally get out here at about 1, 1 30, 2 o'clock anyway, so we're good. I'm kidding y'all. Come on now. We need to give back to God because God's given it to us. Malachi 3 and 10. Bring the tithe, the full tithe. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and therefore put me to the test. Church, I, t- I told you to test God two, three weeks ago. Those that are not giving, I told you to test God. Start giving $10 a week and see if God doesn't multiply. I'm telling you, if you'll do it and you do it the right way, God will take care of your fine. Remember, we're talking about keeping the blessings of God, right? I got one that agrees with me. I want to keep the blessings of God. Do you? God's given me blessings. And I believe that God wants to bless our finances. Give because it all belongs to God. Haggai 2 and 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. What is our dollar bill backed by? Or supposed to be backed by? Gold. I'm going to tell you something. It belongs to God anyway. 
Brother Andy, I give on a sporadic basis. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to give regularly. Oh, Brother Andy, you better get out of You're meddling. You're meddling. Okay, I'll take my glasses off. Now I can't see nobody. Give on a regular basis. 1 Corinthians 16 and 12. Brother Andy, that ain't in the Bible to give on a regular basis. 1 Corinthians 16 and 12. On the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? 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 When do we come to the house of God? Thank you. On the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside. Store it up. And it needs to be 10%. Is that what that says? As God has prospered you. God prospers on your giving. You, you may tell you, let, me, let me tell you a hidden thing on my giving. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a secret about my giving. Mine and Sister Carrie's giving is based off of this. It is not based off of 10%. Oh, Brother Andy, I can't believe you just said that. Oh, don't let mercy have my own color. What am I going to do? Lightning's fixing to come from heaven and strike him. Nope. I give as God has prospered us. It ain't 10%. And if anybody really wants to know, I'll show it to you. It's a, it's a lot, it's more than 10%. Why? Because God has prospered. Therefore, you want, you want to know a secret agenda behind my giving? Y'all don't tell anybody I ever said this. But a secret agenda behind mine and Sister Carrie's giving is because if I give, I know God's going to give back. Sister Carrie's looking straight ahead because she's like, "Don't you should not have told our secret. You mean to tell you a secret of this church? Whenever this church, whenever this church may need some finances, do you know what I tell our guys? Let's find some area where we can th- put some money in missions. Our missions giving has gone up, and guess what's happened? The income has gone up. God has blessed. The budget showed that we were supposed to give about $9,000 last year in, in giving, in, in uh, missions. About $9,000. That's what the budget showed. That's what the budget showed. Does anybody remember what happened last year? Shut down. Shut down. I told our guys when that happened, I said, we'll figure it out. I said, the first cut we make will be to my salary. The guys that are Hey, look, 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 Brother Emery, Chuck, Kevin, you, was you in there? Okay, I think Brother Tony, you was in there too. I told him, first cut's my salary. Brother Andy, you can't do that. First cut was going to be to my salary. My salary has not been cut. Our giving has increased. I'm not talking about the coming into, I'm talking about going out. Why? Because God has prospered this church. Hello? Everybody's quiet. We don't want to talk about finances. I want to go ahead and talk about the finances because I knew this would be one of those rocky areas and we'll go to something else later. Watch this. 
We need to give sacrificially by giving up some of your own desires. I don't have to have, I don't have to have steak. I don't have to go out to eat for steak every night. Would I like to? Sure. You don't believe me, ask Sister Carrie. Everybody in here believes me. I know you do. But the fact of the matter is, I don't have to do that. I can, I can satisfy on a bowl of cereal. Hello? What's your favorite cereal? Cheerios. Oh, good Lord of mercy. Somebody give her a microphone. I cannot hear her. Chipmunk. Fruit Loops. Raisin Bran. What are, Apple Jacks. Which one do I eat that you, that you don't want? Oh, she wants the Apple Jacks and I eat all the Apple Jacks. Lucky, oh, y'all come on now. Cocoa Pebbles. Frosted Flakes. Come on. Give, give sacrificially by giving up some of your desire. Brother Andy, that ain't in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 8 and 3. For they gave according to their means, and I testify, and beyond their means. We need to give sacrificially under our own accord, not because somebody's forcing you to do it. How many of you, raise your hand or tell me on live feed, have I ever come to you and said, you better give more? Has anybody ever, have I ever done that to anybody? We need to give cheerfully, not reluctantly or under pressure. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Each one has decided in his own heart to give that $1 bill, that $10 bill, that $20 bill, that $100 bill. Hallelujah, glory to God. Each one has decided in his own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. When you give God and you give cheerfully, not because somebody's twisting your arm, God loves that. I'm hurrying, I promise. Last question. Here's the biggest question of this whole thing. This is, why, this is why I did not want to break this apart. Normally I split these in half. I did not want to do this because I wanted to get to this right here. I'm glad y'all hung out with me. I'm glad y'all stayed with me. Now if anybody's going to go out to eat afterwards, you make sure you let me know. The last question. Is the amount I give as important as the faithfulness of my giving. Who wants to answer that one? Is the amount that I give as important as the faithfulness of my giving? Who wants to answer that? No. Does anybody agree? Everybody agree? That is correct. The amount, oh, Brother Andy, you mean I can change my giving from, from, from $100 down to a dollar? If that's between you and God, you better do it. But I'm going to tell you, if, it ain't, if God ain't in it, you better not. You ain't never had a pastor tell you that, have you? I'm telling you right now, the amount is not as important as the faithfulness. That's why I said, test God. Start with $10. I'm showing you God will do it. The issue is not the amount of the gift, but how big your faith is. It's not amount about the big gift you're giving. It is amount about the faith. In your giving. 
How big is your faith? Perhaps the most famous gift of all was found in Mark chapter 12, 41 through 44. The most famous gift of all came from the poorest person in all times. You thought you was poor. Read this. He sat down opposite of the treasury and watched the people as they put in the offering box. One came up and put $1,000. One came up, put a wad of 20s. One came up and put $50. One came up, put $10. Go to verse 42. One came up, put a big old check in there. Then this poor widow got up and put in one penny. Verse 43. He called his disciples to him and said, This is Jesus. This poor widow who put in one penny. I'm going to ask you something. I'm doing this in closing. I'm going to ask you something. If you're focused on the dollar amount, I've had people to tell me, I cannot afford to tithe. I cannot afford to give God, make God, basically what they're saying is I cannot afford to put God first in my finances. I cannot afford to give. I'm telling you, if you put God first, God will take care of the rest. You want financial freedom? That's what this is talking about, folks. I know this is touchy. Oh, this is, people don't like to talk about their finances. It's okay. I don't want to know about your finances, but I want you to put God first. This poor widow has put in one penny and gave a whole lot more than that guy that just put $1,000 in. Verse 44. For they contributed out of their abundance. God's not worried about your abundance. She gave out of her poverty. She gave out of her sacrifice. She gave out of obedience. And she put everything she had in the offering plate. Now you think you've got it bad. She put one penny and that was all she had. Is God not worth putting him first in your life and in your finances? Would you stand all over the house? Church, I know I, know, I, know I went a minute or two longer. It's okay. The restaurant's clearing the tables now. They're getting ready for you. Be all right. It's okay. That pot roast is in the oven. It can cook a little bit, just a few minutes longer. It'll be fine. Just cut the burnt part off and the rest is good. Church, I'm telling you right now. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about keeping the blessings that God has given to us. Last Sunday, I talked about the lies that the devil tells you and you need to allow God to turn the lies into a blessing. Today, 
we started talking about our finances. There's other areas in our life that God wants to be number one. We started with finances. Because I wanted to start in an area that was going to be the most uncomfortable for some folks. Because they're not giving. They haven't put God first. Don't tell them I said that. I wanted to start here because this is an area that touches every one of us. All of these are going to touch all of us. But this is the one that everybody believes touches all of us. Do not let the lie of the devil, I can't give because I can't afford it. Do not let that dictate your giving to God. Do not let that dictate you putting God first in your finance. Brother Andy, you need to get off of finances because you're, you're really wanting money, ain't you? No, I am not. I have not asked our, our, our leadership team, I have not asked them for a raise. Have I? I'm not even going to ask about if anybody in here has gotten a raise in the last two years. Brother Andy has not. And I, and I did not say that to push these guys into giving me a raise. Because I'm telling you right now, I've already told them, no. We're fine. But I'm telling you all of this because I want God to bless your finances. You want to know my hidden agenda by that? Because if God blesses your finances, then that blesses this church. And when this church is blessed, we get to reach more folks. I told you I got a hidden agenda there. And then when God blesses this church, you know what also happens? Then that means that I must be doing something right as the pastor and I get to stay longer. And then that means I get to retire here. You know what the hidden agenda for that is? I don't have to call a U-Haul truck. There's a hidden agenda behind why I want God to bless you. I don't want to have to move. Okay, that was comical, but now let's bring back the seriousness. I want God to bless you in your finances. Because I want you to have more than what you've got. God says in His Word, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or His seed begging for bread. God wants to bless you. You've just got to let Him. Now, I want to do this just a little bit different. Go on to pulpit view. I want to do this just a little bit different. We're fixing to pray. Live feed, we're fixing to pray. And I'm going to pray that God blesses your finances. I want God to bless your finances. Does everybody want to receive a blessing from God? I believe that God can bless your finances. But you have got to put God first. We got to move this pulpit back. I ain't got enough room. Would you bow your heads and you pray with me? Live feed, in-house alike. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you today, I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. I thank you for our health.
I thank you for our freedom. I thank you for the, the, the things that you've given us in life. I thank you for allowing us to live in a country that we're able to open up your word. We're able to join together with brothers and sisters of like faith, either in-house or on live feed, and we're able to worship you. Father, I praise you. God, right now, I have a specific prayer. God, I'm praying for the finances of your people. Every person that has joined us in-house, those that have joined us on live feed, Father, I pray that you would bless the finances of this body. And God, as you've said in your word, as you bless this body, then they bless this house. God, that the finances would be used for the kingdom of God. For the furtherance of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, as each one gives, I pray, Father God, that you'll multiply it 100, a thousand fold back into their lives. God, I pray right now that indebtedness will start to fall away. And I, play, I pray that your math is working in their checkbook. Father, I'm not looking for subtractions and divisions. I'm looking for additions and multiplications. I'm looking for finances to come in the most unusual ways. Father, I'm looking for debts to be forgiven. And I'm looking for refund checks that we're not expecting. God, I thank you right now and I praise you for that. I receive it by faith and I give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Live Feet, thank you so much for being in, in service with us. Join us this afternoon at 5 o'clock as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. May the good Lord bless you. Amen and amen. Those that are in house.